<laughs> Welcome to the Carrier's Edge podcast. Why do you make me laugh every time we start these things? I was just looking at you. I don't know. It's something about it. It's like all of a sudden I froze. We're looking and didn't at each speak. other. You're well, supposed to have a little bit more. You're the one who's supposed to have self-control. It's me who doesn't have self-control. And I'm the one who's. Did like, I peek it when I laughed? Oh yeah, we both did. Oh, okay. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> Okay, so let's try my That's welcome right. again. Welcome to the Carrier's Edge podcast. I'm Mark Morell. I'm a co-founder of Carrier's Edge. I'm Jane Jess Rowie. I'm the other one. And when we are not being silly and ruining this recording, we are going to be talking about some real things, maybe. Real, actual things that we are doing in our business. Well, although I look at my list of things that I've put together and a lot of it isn't really all that much about work. So we'll see Could where it goes. Could be about not working, which mm. is... Apropos for the summertime. Yes. Yes. Also known as vacation. Yes. And well, let's start with that. That's a great place. Okay. Because uh, that's where we wanted to be forever. Yeah. So for those people who don't live in the north where it's crappy uh, half of the year, um, when summer comes, it's hard to get anybody's attention because everybody buggers off to do summer things. And uh, we had a very crazy couple of months in the spring. So when the end of June came, we just like shut down everything. And we were like, um, we're like Fred Flintstone on five o'clock, you know, bolting down the back of that brontosaurus to get out there and do something. Or Uh, not do anything. I think that was our goal was to like, let's just not do anything. So we started off July with a very fine week. Uh, even though the first half of it, I was grumpy that I still had to do something. Uh, I still had to drive kids around a little bit. And your bit. grumpiness affects my vacation. Well, I'll have to say. That's a fair that trade. if you are... Your grumpiness affects mine as well. So it's a... I wasn't grumpy. No, you were fine on vacation. But uh, yes, we balanced that. So... That, I, if, you want, if that's how you want to make it right with yourself, okay, you can say that. It got better, though. It did get better. Uh, we did manage to have like the first great week of weather that we've had. Well, uh, you in a scheduled while. it for that. You were like you were looking for the good weather. I and got you lucky ske- because yeah. it had been so uh, rainy, 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 and rainy overcast. Rainy. Uh, but we had great weather. We did very little except uh, for the second. I guess at the second half of the week, we attempted to have an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was. Adventurous. Yeah. So we had an yeah. adventure going and uh, scoping out live music. So in downtown Toronto, there's a uh, a section where there's a lot of clubs that have live bands. So well, there used to be. There's yeah. There's still you just have there's to, still a few. You still have to know where they are. Yeah, we're just old enough that we're more aware of how much walking is in between them now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we decided that we were going to go and spend the night uh, down there and just go essentially uh, bar hopping, going to check these clubs and seeing some different live bands, uh, which we haven't done in years. And uh, being a former musician and I suppose still claiming to be a musician, even though I don't do it very much anymore. Not uh, professionally. Yeah, it was sort of going back to my roots of uh, going to the clubs and checking out some bands and stuff. And we realized a couple of things through that adventure. One is that we're horribly old uh, and we can't stay up late anymore. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, okay, seven o'clock. Yeah, we're we, ready to go. We finished dinner like seven thirty and it's like, okay, can we go and get started? No, they don't start till ten. <laughs> uh, and also the uh, the the bands that start at ten aren't usually the good ones. No. So and you have to pay a cover charge uh, for all the clubs, which I kind of remembered as I was heading there. So, yeah, they're going to want to cover. but And it's I, cash only. That's the other thing, yes. Yeah. Everything's cash only. The bar business, still a cash business. Well, you go up to the suburbs and it's you forget because you're paying debit for everything. Yeah. And it's weird because the way you dress in the suburbs and the way you dress downtown are very different. And you don't realize it, but I don't know if I even have clothing that's suitable for downtown Proper anymore. Downtown yeah, I always feel weird. I was okay, I look like a suburban housewife here. There was other old people with suburban clothes at these clubs as well. See, we weren't even the only ones. It wasn't all cool kids yeah. at the clubs and us. No, that was really odd, is that there were people our age there and older. Yeah. And we are in midlife, I think, yeah. at this point. So it was it was uh, so if we go a to little surprising. Bar, there's people older than us, that's weird. 
Yeah. I wonder what the kids think. <laughs> Although there's, there's lots and lots of a lot younger people around. I think around. what the kids think is, hey, they paid the cover. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> and there are the bars where we wouldn't go. That one bar that seemed to be just a doorway with people with a velvet rope. <laughs> a doorway with a velvet rope and a bunch of security dudes in yeah. all black. Uh, which was funny because they're wearing like long sleeve black shirts, black pants, and it was pretty hot that night. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so these guys have got to be getting pretty warm, but they've got the earpiece on and the, the, like the whole package and there's nobody in the club. Like, there's, well, there was well, there's, nobody at the door. There's nobody in the, the club. <laughs> no lineup or anything. It's like, okay, you understand the point of a business is to have people go into it and spend money, right? Not yeah. to have a, a fancy light uh, over the doorway and then just a velvet rope that locks people out. Maybe, maybe it just, it starts later. Yeah. I think there were people there when it got later. Yeah. There was a well, lineup. Later for us was like 1130 or yeah. something when we were coming back, which is when all of the clubs actually start, start. to get going. I know. Yeah. What were we thinking? We were thinking, oh, it'll be an adventure and we can stay up late one night. Yeah. And we did make it to midnight, so we didn't do too <laughs> And then in true we bar fashion, sorry, uh, sorry. at midnight, well, at, examples. At, yeah, at, at midnight uh, in true bar fashion, we went out and got street meat from the, the yes. food trucks, which is uh, the part food of truck the in front of the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But by midnight, we were back at the hotel bar where it was quieter. Yeah. Yeah. But even then I was, I was really tired. Yeah. So we saw, we did manage to see uh, a few bands, none of which were very good. Uh, the first one. At, See, you can tell by your pitch the, that they're not good. Yeah, oh, that yeah, first one okay. was pretty good. <laughs> that's never what the band wants to hear when they ask how it's going. And that's the worst thing that, uh, that you can say as feedback. But I do like to see live performances because it's very mm -hmm. different than watching a stage. Like even when it's a live performance on TV, it's very different. So, oh, yeah, for sure. And you can watch different things about, you know, the, well, there was the one guy in the first the first band who had some. Well, he started out as being very nothing. He was just sort of standing there and playing his guitar very sort of quietly and not even looking at anybody. And then all of a sudden, he started making faces. Mm -hmm. So then you kind of just watched him, not the leader <laughs> of the band, just him, just watching him. Yeah, the leader of that band was unwatchable. He was very he turned odd. sideways and for good chunks of it, he had his back to the audience yeah. and he just, uh, he was just, very pleased with himself and his, yeah. and his, uh, his, musicianship. His hired players were better and more entertaining than he was. So yeah, that guy was interesting. He had like all kinds him. of crazy faces. The guys that we saw at the, uh, I can never remember the name is this bar, the satanic ones. Oh, I just called them that. Yeah, they're not actually satanic. I band. know, I know. But <laughs> they sounded that way because the singer was massively out of tune for every song. Every and he song had to sing these long notes, yeah. and they were just long, like I don't know, be like twenty second notes, and you're and all just slightly off. Well, no, it wasn't even slightly. It was, it was a, pretty you know, badly off off key, and um. But we couldn't figure out what the name was because there was a list of names yeah. and one of them was like Satanic something. Yeah. And I just called that them the Satanic. Wasn't the it wasn't the well, band? How do you know? Because I you went look and looked them up. Oh, did you? Yes. Who are they? Uh, were they that, that was a one? band called Sarah's. Sarah's, okay. That's and so I went to their website and like their Facebook page and they've got like some place where you can post all your songs and they've done that. And I listened to the recordings and I sort of got what they were all about. But like every song is mid-tempo, like same tempo, same key, and this sort of wall of sound with this long, slow vocal over top is kind of a little bit like a Coldplay sort of thing. Um, it kind of has a bit of a vibe of some early Coldplay, but it really didn't have much in the way of hooks, and every song sounded the same, so I couldn't really tell the difference between them. Oh, they were brutal to listen to. They were rough live, and I'm going to choose to believe that that singer couldn't hear himself because it was a pretty loud room, and if you can't hear yourself, who knows what pitches are coming out. So it was a challenge. You're approximating some yeah. semblance of a note. But anyway, well, so we we uh, we it, did that. Even though we didn't go to these clubs and think that these were the most amazing bands ever, it was still a fantastic experience. We still had a great time. Had a yeah, great we night. did because and it's different from what it was we normally so different. do. It had nothing to do with software. It had nothing to do with <laughs> education. 
It certainly had nothing to do with transportation. I don't know. I may have seen one truck the whole time. Oh, we did see one truck because they were bringing in a new pedestrian bridge uh, to go over the road. Oh, um, yeah. That we to, saw a park yeah. there. Uh, but that was that was the most of transportation that we saw. So it was a complete break, and it was uh, fantastic. And after that, came back to the burbs. And, and you weren't uh, even checking email. You just nope. let your email pile up and pile yeah. up and pile up. So you had, what, 700 had messages? 750 messages uh, waiting for me when I came home. And I had actually gone through and cleared out some of the spam. Um, so the, that was the messages that I kind of have to look at and at least scan before deleting. But it was okay because we got back and uh, we were recharged. And I, I didn't really get how recharged I was until um, a couple of days in, like probably Wednesday of last week. And I was like, oh, I'm actually rolling along here pretty good. I'm getting things done and all caught up and I'm getting some writing done, which was the other thing, you know, before vacation. We had all this writing that people wanted us to do uh, for different columns and articles and things. And I just could not get my head around it. Yeah, I think that you can't just be creative. And by being creative, I don't mean like paint a painting or write music or play music or anything, but writing even when it's about other things. So I had done three presentations, all of which required writing. You were writing uh, LinkedIn posts and helping with articles for articles PR and, and yeah like and I was helping with articles for PR so even writing the notes you're trying to come up with something that's interesting to say and I think by the time we hit vacation it had been so busy and I know like and busy is overused I know mm-hmm. it's, oh it's so busy it's so busy I you know couldn't do anything but there was so much going on that it was too much. It was way too much. Well, it was so much of May being and June from one creative thing to another that that the, your creative yeah your brain, brain just is just out. sapped. So, yeah, I was supposed to do a LinkedIn article on according to our schedule. I was supposed to do a LinkedIn article of the last week of June, and I just couldn't even think of anything to say. I just like I got nothing. I could so barely I put it. a sentence together at all. Yeah, it I mean, was it, probably halfway through our vacation before we could put a full sentence together. Yeah. So it was obviously very well needed and it was fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and I got a we tan. came back recharged. Yeah. We got tan and, uh, and life is, life was, uh, good as a result. Mm-hmm. And also I think so. now it's the summer schedule. So things are a little bit lighter because a lot of other people are on vacation too. So, you know, we don't get bombarded by quite as many things. Uh, so it's a little bit lighter. I love the summer schedule because that's when we get to do a lot of, you know, stepping back a little bit, thinking about bigger picture things, doing some product design and some of the more fun things. So And now I have to, now I'm worried about the kids figuring out how they're going to spend their summers, which is a totally <laughs> other topic. Yeah. We don't have to talk about that. Well, yeah, now that we're rested, Now that we're okay. Rested, we're looking at everybody and everything around us going, huh. Well, that shouldn't be like that. <laughs> <laughs> the things but, people were getting away with, uh, yeah. things that the kids were getting away with. Um, but even at your, during your birthday, like which was April 29th, I mean, it was starting to get busy then. Mm-hmm. And then it was just a wall of events and things we had to prep for and then do and then or fly to, which is... Yeah, basically from January, first week of January through about... Usually to the middle of June um, is just like a sprint for us. Uh, There's just one thing after another. This year that went even a little farther uh, because you had, um, towards the end of June, you had that event um, in in Red Red Deer Deer that you had to go to. So it ended up just being bing, 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 bing for months. Uh, So we're happy to have a bit of a break from it. I don't Um, know how people can do world tours. I don't know how that, I don't know how they, I can see how people get burned out or how people lose their voices like Adele lost her voice. Well, when you're doing a tour like that, it's a little bit different because you have down days and you have more of your sort of home life with you. It's never the same, but you have uh, downtime on the road and you'll have uh, places where you can go and work out or you'll have time where you can just sort of it's it's built into the schedule that you have recuperation time or sleep time or relaxation and things like that because for people that are doing those kind of tours they have to stay rested or they do lose their voice yeah uh, but think about it 
You know, I used to do a cross country tour and now I can't imagine how I would ever do that. But I used to do for, was it six years, seven years that oh, we did the best that? Fleets the tour. best fleets tour in the spring. And it would start usually the first week of May and it would be about a six week tour and I would be gone, you know, the sessions, I would do presentations either Tuesday and Thursday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, of each week, but a different city every day. So I'd be like maybe flying out on Monday and I would be flying to one city. I would do a half day thing in the morning and then I would fly to the next city in the afternoon and just do that for a, a couple of weeks of that. And then some of them that were closer, I was driving to them, but really nothing else was happening. So like everything else gets put on hold while you're doing that because you're doing a, a speech, then you're traveling, then you got to think about it and you're doing it over and you're doing the same speech over and over again. Uh, it becomes exhausting. And like now I just, I can't imagine doing anything I like think that. part of the reason that we were, we were particularly exhausted this time is never the same thing. Yeah, that's true. So that was every time killer. I spoke, it was on something completely different and it was two hours. Mm-hmm. Of things that I had to... Of new content. Yeah, new content that I had to know and be able to speak about. Um, also, when we, you know, having meetings or it was all different things. Mm-hmm. So, and the writing is all different things. So we don't, we don't write about training much. Yeah. It's weird. How, yeah, occasionally we do. But so but, many things that are just loosely related to it. Yeah. And speaking of which, you... Uh, you have been working since you've been back. I have. At what I think may be the fastest course you've ever built mm. is up there for sure. Yeah, possibly. Well, there's two. There's the Spanish defensive driving, well, that's the different. translation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did distracted driving. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a pretty quick one. Well, you had it's done pretty... some research and had some ideas of roughly what you wanted to do before we went on vacation. And then you came back and like that first week you had the storyboard finished and you were already moving it online and had sent it to voice. Yeah. Well, you can do that if you are, if you're pretty confident of your material. Like I didn't really need a review. I didn't need anybody to sort of say, is this actually true? You know, with accident scene, I wanted a review. That was different because that was pulled in from a lot of different people and it was all their best practices and things like that. Well, it's also things that I, it's the insurance you know, I wanted to run it by someone from an insurance company or at mm-hmm. least two or three so that I, one, had everything and two, knew what I was talking about. But with distracted driving, this is a pretty, it's it's written about ad nauseum. There are so many studies on distracted driving, it's not even funny. There's um, way more distraction than you would think. Mm. So I actually found out things that I didn't know but it wasn't difficult to find anything. It wasn't difficult to write. It was pretty much just wrote itself. Um, so that's why it went so fast. And also because I had a vacation in the middle of it. <laughs> and it was the first thing I wrote after I came back. So recharged and yeah, ready to fly. I was like, okay, I can do that. I remember how to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, when my brain isn't having, it's like my brain started, um, you know, when you're baking something and it flops in the middle, <laughs> that's how my brain was. It was just flopping in the middle. And, you know, things like being able to tell time or time myself or think of dates or even time of day, those kinds of things were just sort of going away from me. So when I did the storyboard for Distracted Driving, it was, oh, it was like I'd been held underwater for a while and then I was able to come up for air mm. and breathe again. So that's why it went so fast, I think. Well, and Plus it was a simpler course. Yeah. The, the concepts are simpler. I don't have to... And there's so much research out there already. There's a lot of research. There's not a lot of regulation besides mm. don't, don't text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like don't text while you're driving. But there's a little bit more to it than that. But there's yeah. not a lot of complex regulations like vehicle inspection or hours of service or, yeah. you know, like those kind of things aren't even, and or even accident scene had a lot of complexity to it. Well, I guess the other thing is after that crazy spring and all of this writing and all of these things that really aren't the core job and they're kind of nice to do a, a little bit as a break, but you do so much of that stuff. It's kind of nice to go back to the basic job and just yeah. sort of get back to your roots. That's true. It's true. So distracted driving, I think, is uh, 
enlightening, if nothing else. Mm. Just because you can be distracted by their levels of distraction. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. So listening to or tuning the radio, which people say is a distraction. Yes, mm-hmm. it is a distraction, but it's pretty low level. Mm-hmm. Like So there's actual, there's a, I can't remember his name, but there was a scientist who created a, a scale for it. So it goes from zero to five. And if you're fiddling with the radio, that's like 1.2. But if you are trying to do hands-free uh, commands to send emails or text to somebody, that's almost a five. Hmm. It's super that even if your hands free. Yes, because it's not just the fact that you are reaching or your hands are off the wheel or anything like that. There's eyes off there's eyes off the road, hands off the wheel, and mind not on the task. So hmm. if your mind is thinking about trying to figure out the right voice commands to get a message to somebody that you're trying, and also compose the message, because apparently composing is worse, more distracting than reading. I can see that. Then you're, you can look like you're not distracted at all, but your brain is definitely distracted because hmm. you cannot do two things at once. Hmm. And I've and I've actually written about that. Um, it's come up a couple of times because the whole idea that your brain actually cannot multitask. It is physically unable to. And I may have talked about this before, but what you actually do is a series of switches. So you focus on one task for a second and then you go to the other task and then you get switch back. And so you're never actually focused on two things at once. You're fi- you're focused on one at a time, but just really, really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that came up in distracted driving as well. Hmm. So interesting. And one of the things that you put in there was an exercise where people can like, what are they counting their distraction or something like that or timing distractions? No, what you do, it's just a task. So it's actually a task that requires your brain. It doesn't, it's not a, uh, it's not a driving task. You don't, don't need anything else except your brain to do it. So what you do is there's a series of, a series of, color names of color so words that represent colors so it'll be like green blue red yellow orange green yellow red orange like it'll just be all Mm -hmm. random and the letters in the word are colored the same color as so green will be in green letters red will be in red letters so when you read it and you time yourself reading like these 50 words then it's pretty quick and it kind of represents driving regularly mm-hmm. so you you can read the words and it's blah 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 but then the second part of the exercise is to read where the colors and the names of the words are not the same mm-hmm. so you have the word green written in orange mm-hmm. and what you have to do is is say the name of the color right. not read the word so that gives you two separate things to do and you can do it a couple of times, but yeah, you get way slower. And what I found interesting when I did it is that I would just stop. Like I wouldn't stop for a very long time, but I would sort of get into a groove and then I would hit a word and then I would be just like staring at it for a minute, not processing anything. I would just be staring at it for a couple of seconds and go, hey, wait a minute, I got to be doing this. Hmm. And that happens when you're driving too, is when you're distracted, you're thinking about something else. That's when you kind of go off you know, you start thinking about something else and you realize that you've driven a couple miles or a couple of blocks and you're like, oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> I really should wake up and pay attention to what I'm doing. You know, you're driving the kids to school, or you're going to the grocery store and all of a sudden you're there and you're thinking, whoa, I didn't remember that. <laughs> so that's, um, so just giving yourself an exercise to demonstrate how you do it or how it happens and what the feeling is like, because it's definitely the same feeling. Mm. And there's an online one, like I, the way that I'm doing it in the course is with timers, but there's an online one that, that you can do that is uh, a little bit more difficult and mm. you can really tell. And I mean, it's really not how fast you can do it. But you can always do the first one faster than the second one. Always. There's no way that you can get, unless you practice. And if that's, you're practicing that, then you're basically doing your switching tasks Mm -hmm. really, really fast. Hmm. Yeah, that should be cool. Uh, So 
I see that the voice is starting to come back now, so um, you'll probably be finished next week sometime? Yeah. So out by the end of July. Yes. That's next week. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So probably out before this podcast. No. I'm getting faster at turning these around. <laughs> so I need to yeah, stop for a day or so and leave it, but then I'll come back and edit it. And now that I've had a break, I'll be able to do the editing and mastering on this a little more quickly. Okay. So you're also updating. And when you say the voice is coming back, I was thinking, I didn't lose my voice. What are you talking about? And I was like, no, oh, the voice, I, the, the, voiceover the, the, the voiceover. Sorry, inside shortcuts here. and Yeah. Uh, if you had said it to me in any other context, I probably would have understood what you meant. But not when you're in the middle of using your voice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're also uh, updating some... Other courses. You've been doing some updates to the defensive driving courses as well. Well, some. somebody asked me or uh, support or support department asked if I, there was a request from a customer to have um, defensive driving for cars as mini courses. So I was doing that. And uh, so I'm updating some tests. I'm updating CSA. Hmm. CSA isn't. It isn't like it's changed or anything, but CSA, uh, the whole branding and what they're talking about is the way they talk about it for drivers has kind of changed a little bit in terms of how they're talking about it, not not what it is. Hmm. So there are updates that I want to make to that, and we have it in French too, so I want to make updates to that. Um, there's, I can't remember, but there's been a number of courses that I need well, to look at. Anytime you go through those, you kind of do like odds and ends housekeeping type stuff. Yeah. So you'll clean up little bits or ensure consistency across different languages, which is always a pain. Yeah. And I'm doing th- that right now with some final tests. And the one thing that you were talking about the other day was updating the uh, statistics that you include in there. So that's always part of the beginning of these courses it's not just here's why you should defense be defensive in your driving or here's the rules of what you have to do. It's here's why you should care. That's the first part of it is sort of setting the stage for this, establishing mm-hmm. the environment and why it matters and why anybody should be concerned about this. And you always include stats. And actually, and yeah, that's true. Distracted driving was easy. It yeah, was lots so of stats easy. Um, yeah, there's stats in Canada and in the U.S., and it was easy to see. You know, it was like about 10% of uh, collisions are distracted driving. And what's interesting about those stats is that there are the better the studies are become, the more that they find how much distraction is actually impacting mm-hmm. your driving. It's actually... Because before people were like the, one of the first major studies was actually truck drivers because they had the whole in-cab camera, in-cab camera that they could use. So they could actually say, see what drivers were doing and when they were distracted. But before, you know, for law enforcement, you can't always tell whether right. something is a distraction or not, especially if people have their hands on their wheel, but their mind is on something else. But other, other um, statistics... I have to say the U.S. is way better at statistics than Canada. Canada, I'm sure that they collect the statistics, but it's really difficult to to get them or get any meaningful ones. So I was trying to update the statistics for um, defensive driving uh, for non-commercial vehicles. And oh, my God, like I I had to actually do some math because I had to figure out the statistics myself, because Mm. if you go to Transport Canada, they'll give you sort of um, how many people, how many fatalities there were in B.C. per capita. Right. So, you know, per 100,000 people, there were 7.2 fatalities. Right. It's not really all that meaningful. Yeah, it's not going to be meaningful to a driver or me or anyone, really. What's meaningful is how many people die, how many mm-hmm. people are injured every year or even in per province. And God forbid anybody figure that out. So <laughs> I had to do it. So I spent a lot of time the other day. Just, well, you do love doing math. <laughs> I don't mind math. I'm not, um, I'm rusty. Yeah. I'm rusty. I'm better with words. Mm-hmm. Um and I used to be really good at, I mean, I've had never had a problem with math. I've just forgotten how to do certain operations. So figuring out 
um, per, a percentage from a per capita. So if it's seven seven point two fatalities in a hundred thousand, what is that in terms of percentage of a population of of the population of Alberta? Mm. I can see that they wouldn't do it as a percentage because it's going to be a tiny percent. It's actually well, it it doesn't really matter because it's also going down. Right. So the, every time I do it, and because our courses live so long, you know, defensive driving has been around for. Since Eight the years? fall of 2005. Yeah, when so that that's, was originally built. So that's like 12 years. 12 years, yeah. So as I've done the stats, they're actually getting better. So there are fewer there mm. are fewer collisions, but I don't want to have 2006 statistics in a in yeah. a course in 2017. That's ridiculous. But it's hard to it's hard to update them. It takes a long time. It always takes a long time. And I try not to use them because of that, but sometimes it's... Well, they're useful. Yeah, they're they are. Very, they're very handy. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's funny that you spend as much time on that as you spend on the content sometimes. Oh, so, you know, for certain pieces of content, it's like, okay, here it is. You know, five people have written the same thing about it, so I'm going to go and use that as source material and write my own thing, and Bob's your uncle. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, but for how many... Uh, one of the things, the question, I think that people like best fleets a lot is because we have stats because we've done our, our, uh, the program for so long, we have our own stats that are relatively meaningful. But if you look at things like how many, you know, how many visible minorities are, or how many Hispanics are in the trucking industry, Mm -hmm. if I go and look at, um, it's very difficult to find that out. Hmm. If I go and look at stats, or if I look at the census stats for uh, the U.S., they never have truck drivers by themselves. Hmm. It's really weird. They have sales, like like salespeople and truck drivers, and I'm not quite sure. They're lumped together? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Just because they're people that are on the road? Traveling I don't know. Truck drivers. I don't even know if it's traveling. I don't know what kind of salespeople they are. But also with truck drive, with the trucking transportation itself, they just lump in transportation. So it's anyone who's working right. in transportation to be a truck driver, safety manager, operations person, like could be anything. So mm-hmm. the you look at the stats for say women, and it says that there are fourteen point two percent of women working in the transportation industry, but that's not true for drivers. Yeah, that's, that's true. Total, that's all of that them. That includes all of the people in operations and and the office and things so like that. So the stats that we have are, I think, sometimes more useful in mm-hmm. answering specific questions than the stats that are provided by census or, or mm-hmm. others cut types of studies. And it's, it is kind of annoying that transportation or trucking doesn't really have any good stats. There's very few studies that are done on things that other than sleep apnea. There's sleep apnea studies up the yin yang, but there really are distracted driving, but not for necessarily truckers. Oh, okay. So all of those stats were just drivers. They're just anybody. There are sleep apnea and that's about it. Sleep apnea is the one that I've a little bit of obesity. They do have, there's always stats on obesity and trucking for some Mm. reason. Um, Sleep apnea is another big one. Uh, A little bit distracted driving. I couldn't get beyond that first study because that was a really, that was in 2007, 2008. And pretty shortly afterwards, the, uh, the American government passed legislation to ban texting, hmm. which is still in place. Like all of that stuff came pretty quickly. And Canada started doing it at the same time. That was when pretty much everybody went, oh, that's bad. Oh, okay. And it's very interesting, the whole history of how cell phones and texting has taken over our lives. And I have a page in the course that discusses that because the first smartphones, actually smartphones meaning that you could do something other than call someone on the phone 
was came out in sort of 1999, 2000, but they weren't really available to everybody until the iPhone. And the iPhone was 2007. And then in 2008, fatalities started rising quite dramatically related to texting. Mm. And that's what, and that's what started the regulations. I think, well, Apple made it really easy to text and it made it really easy to want a phone. Right. So it's not like anybody's going back from that. You know, Mm. people are not stopping. Right. Uh, the use of phones. Interesting. So, um, Interesting. Yeah, I guess we could blame it on Steve Jobs. Yeah. So Apple is killing people. Yeah. But we're still going to use their products. <laughs> or also those people could take responsibility for their own actions and stop texting. Well, there's a cognitive dissonance, I think, with people when some... Oh, then this is part of the course, too, is that when you do something every day the level of danger associated with it goes down. So you get in a car and you drive on the highway at 60 miles an hour. Is that 100 kilometers? Roughly. Okay. Like around 65 miles per hour. That's That's the number I was looking for. And you do that every day and nothing happens. It feels safe. Mm-hmm. You do it without your seatbelt, nothing happens, it feels safe. Right. You do it and take a call, nothing happens, it feels safe. It doesn't make it any less dangerous or any, you know, as you as you start going, yeah, well, no, it's boring, It's I nothing yeah. ever happens, so it's It's fine, gonna... I do it all the time. Exactly. And, and the thing is, that doesn't make it any less dangerous for you or other people around you. Mm-hmm. And so you shouldn't be doing it even though you can get away with it. And the younger you are, the more you think you can right. get away with it. Just the so. odds haven't caught up with you yet. Yeah, but that whole feeling of it's never going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing with texting. And people were under the impression that, well, I can do that. I can multitask. I can, you know, I don't have any issues with it. And nothing's ever happened. But when you start doing that test and realize how much you can't, mm. actually your reaction time goes down significantly. You're, and that whole blocking, that whole flashing of nothingness where you, you just stop thinking that is the scary one that I find mm. is that when you stop thinking or, I mean, what are you doing on the road? What if something happens? And then, you know, someone cuts in front of you and you don't see them. Oh, that's the other thing is inattention blindness, mm. which I love, which is you're thinking so much or concentrating so much about, you know, getting the right music or arguing with someone because emotions are a big deal in distraction too, that you don't even see the stop sign. Well, that was that video of the uh, people bouncing the ball, and you're supposed to count uh, how many times does the ball get bounced by people in white shirts. There's like two groups of people, um, somewhere, or a big circle of people, uh, some wearing white shirts, some wearing blue shirts, and the ball, the bouncing balls back and forth between them. Um, and so you got to count how many times the people in white shirts bounce the ball. And then in the middle of all of this, somebody in a gorilla suit walks right through it and you never even notice it the first time because they'll say, you know, after the video is done, it's how many times did the white pe- white shirts bounce the ball? You count that. Um, and then the next thing is, did you notice the gorilla? And everybody's like, what? You know, I saw this at a conference years ago and they had it up in front of everybody. And so you know, how many times did the ball bounce and people are shouting out the answers. And then the next question from the speaker is, did you notice the, uh, the gorilla? And everybody's like looking around like, what? So you didn't notice the gorilla at all? No, because you're focusing on this ball that's bouncing from one person to another. And is it going to a white shirt or is it going to a blue shirt? If it's a blue shirt, I don't pay attention. I only care if it's going to a white shirt. Um, And then like some is it's a guy in a gorilla suit who kind of dances through the circle and you don't even really notice it. You notice it the second time because then you know what's coming. But there's all these other things that are happening that it's totally what you're t- calling inattention blindness is totally that. I, I, it never happened for me because you told me about it before I actually saw right. it. So when I saw it, when I saw the video on YouTube, I, well, I noticed there were two things. One that I saw the gorilla cause yeah. I knew he was coming. And two, the white shirts only bounce the ball to other white shirts. Yeah. And I thought that was, well, it would be really difficult to, to count it. 
I think they do that for the sake of simplicity. Oh, okay. Because otherwise, if it goes from a white shirt to a blue shirt, do you count that? If it goes from a blue shirt to a white shirt, do you count that? Like, oh, okay. You know, that would add an extra level of complexity. Yes, you know, that would be interesting to add that in there and see what happens. But just the way they're doing it was really just there's like three white shirts and three blue shirts, and they're all bouncing it within their groups. But still, that's enough that you don't even notice something else happening. Wow. That's... That's crazy. So now anybody who's listening to this is going to know that the gorilla is there. But if you're doing a meeting or a classroom session and you're talking about distraction, go find that video and include it because it'll work the same way in that group. There's a bunch of them too. People have, have recreated it. So there's a soccer one. Do mm. People are kicking a soccer ball around. I always see the gorilla now, so I can't tell you which ones are better. Yeah, it only <laughs> you works have to once, test it. but it... it does really illustrate the point nicely. Yeah, our brains really suck, man. The magic of the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are I have been learning about how the brain wants to find shortcuts and wants to not work that hard. The mm -hmm. brain is apparently one of the laziest organs of the body. I can see that. And um so I can see well if you have to focus on white or white shirts and you're looking for you're looking for a pattern and you're trying to do that, there's no other reason. Like, why would I notice mm -hmm. a, why bother? Yeah, well, the brain is going to use up a lot of energy to do that kind of active thinking. So if it can drop back into a habit or find some shortcuts that yeah. save energy, it's going to do that. Absolutely. So I can never drive for a long period of time because my brain is way too... I just don't have the brain for that. <laughs> <laughs> this would not work, as you know. Yeah. So he, we have to uh, my trade shifts, off when we're, when My we're shifts on driving are like two hours and you do like five and then yeah. it's me for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So distracted driving and various other course updates and mm. uh, enhancements to different stats coming soon uh, over the next uh, week or two. Yeah. So, uh, and as far as things that are coming up, you got a radio show next week. Yes, I so, am. I cannot remember for the life of me. TMC Tech Talk. That's You're doing right. On Sirius with Robert. Um, I can't remember his last name. Robert somebody. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Tuesday morning. You'll be on Sirius Radio. Yes, I will. That's so that cool. will be. Yeah. And uh, we've got uh, some other upcoming stories. Um looks like, well, stories that have been written before that are uh, uh, getting published. Um, I think Heavy Duty Trucking is doing a story about FTC transport and uh, their experiences with our product and some of the other things that they're doing. And I think um, I think somebody is, uh, our PR people did a story with TransPro and yeah. sort of their good experiences. That's a good story. And I think they've found somebody who's uh, interested in writing that one up or is going to be sharing that one too. So we're going to have several customer several stories, new customer stories uh, coming out in the next little bit. So yeah, I've been back doing some writing and uh, um, updated email stuff. So we changed sort of the way we were doing our email blast and things like that. And I never really liked just doing a straight ad or a straight pitch or anything like that. It really doesn't fit who we are. So a couple months ago, we started sort of turning it into like a report um, of different things. And we've got several that are based on best fleets, stats and best practices and things like that. We've got some customer stories. And in some cases, I'm also I'm going back to my old LinkedIn articles because I got I've got like 29 of these LinkedIn articles that I've done. Wow. Uh, and they're usually a thousand, twelve hundred words. So they're not a long read. Uh, but like 500 people see them on LinkedIn and that's about it. So I thought, all right, well, we'll start sharing some of these more wi more widely, not wildly, but <laughs> share wildly. some of these more widely. So I have several of them out and actually I was just doing one of them that's always a, a, a good topic because it's one that initially kind of started as a rant. And so now I've Don't got a sort all? of... 
Well, they usually some start of them with, do. Yeah, probably about half Ranting of them start with involved. something that I'm pissed off about. So with this one, um, it started as a bit of a rant, and I toned it down a little bit for LinkedIn. But I have to tone it down more if I'm going to do it as an email blast. And that's this one about, um, you know, having tests that require perfect scores. Oh, test to 100. Yeah, correct to 100 or mastery testing. And there's people that just think that that's absolutely the way to to go. And if you do anything less, then you've got this all kinds of legal exposure and everything because you're being negligent. You're letting drivers on the road when they don't know everything they're supposed to know, which is complete. Okay, Garbage. I'm censoring myself. Garbage. Garbage is the word I will choose to use. It's the only, you know what? I have an education degree. I have been in the training business for 25 years. I have never, ever heard of that being something that is even a thing. Yeah. Like testing is, it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. Well, it's well, not how you get tested for anything in the world outside well, and that was of my that. Argument. The uh, the CFR uh, doesn't specify 100%. You only need 80% to get the CDL. You don't need 100% for lawyers to pass the bar. You know, they can get, uh, they can pass the bar with less than 100. Even doctors don't need perfect marks in order to be able to start cutting people open. I know. So why would SAT a driver, scores are not, yeah, you know. You don't have to have a perfect score to get into law school or medical school or anything like that. So why is a driver required to have 100% on something that's just stupid? And... As all the lawyers say when I ask them, well, you know, just because they get 100% doesn't prove they know anything. They could have got lucky. They could have guessed. Yeah. So it doesn't help. And it also, like if you see a series of people's scores, driver's scores, and they're all 100. Well, it doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. Yeah. What do you know about what they're struggling with? What do you know about um, if a question on that test is bad? You know, like what... Other, you know, test to 100 is just learn, learn the way that the questions are being asked. Well, stumble, eventually stumble on the right answer for that particular question with yeah. no context. And yeah, there's no data for management. So there's so many reasons why it's a, a, a bad idea from an educational point but of view. Somebody so, has, has introduced well, this idea. and But having seen some of the tests in the systems that use this, a light went on and I started to understand why. Because when I looked at some of these, they are largely true or false questions. Um, Or if they're multiple choice, it is so obvious which one is correct. And the questions are presented one at a time to the user. So there's no context of the larger body of knowledge. And uh, it really, they're not good test questions anyway. You've got a whole session on how to write good test questions. All of these people should be taking that because (laughs) they're very weak question so yeah if you've got a test that is four questions and the three of them are true or false and the other one's a multiple choice where uh, the correct answer is all of the above well yeah you should be getting 100 percent on that because how are you not getting perfect on these things true or false questions you can pretty much guess at them even without knowing the content in almost every case so yeah, in those situations, I guess if you've got really poorly worded questions, if you've got really crappy test content, then yeah, you should be requiring 100% because there's no excuse for getting anything less than that. But then the whole point of the yeah. test is... But you've also defeated the purpose of testing yeah. because you're not validating that learning objectives have been met. You're not um, looking at what's really going on, the thought process behind it. You're not. There's no point in reviewing it with people. And there's no, there's no, um, like part of testing is deciding what's important to know. Yeah. Like you do a lot when you provide a, like when you deliver a course, like even in person or online or whatever. There's a lot of content that you never test on because some of it is just interest. Some of it is proof of concept, you know, so mm-hmm. it's the stats. I'm never going to. foundation gonna, things. Yeah. I'm never going to ask people to remember, you know, stats because those stats change and I'd have to keep changing the questions. But as long as the what I'm trying to prove with those stats, that's what I want you to know. So there may be two or three things that are all built into one test question that you have to do the course for. And I uh, so I find that you're you have to think about what it is that you want people to know mm-hmm. what it, like not just pass true false tests yeah. but what is it that look what behavior do you want to change 
what do you want what do you want people to come out with and people don't think about that no that whole i need to just cover my butt yeah that's a pathetic reason for but at the same time like that's where i get sort of concerned for people because their butts aren't covered They've been led to believe that their butt will be covered if they have this 100% score. We prove that drivers know everything is good. got perfect on it. Uh, you know, they, haven't, they haven't covered their butt um, because they're not proving that people know everything because they're just proving that people inevitably stumbled on a question. And every, every lawyer that I talk to says, that's not anything. That's not proving anything at all. You can also learn the content from the questions. Yeah. So if you, t- if you get the same question wrong often enough... You're going to go, okay, well, it's not that one. It's this one. Yeah, Like well, people do a lot of, of uh, there's a lot of deductive reasoning that but goes you're not on. you're learning the content. You're learning the answer to that specific question yeah. without any real world context around yeah. it. So it ends up being more damaging. I don't uh, even know if it's damaging. It's useless well, and it's a waste of time. Well, if the question is poorly worded and people stumble on the right answer, they could end up. Um, thinking the wrong thing instead of clearing up their confusion by saying, oh, this person got this question wrong. Let's discuss it with them and make sure they understand what's going on. Instead, they just force the person to keep doing it until they get the right answer. But that person, if they started with some confusion, that poor question can just reinforce that confusion Mm -hmm. and they end up having a worse sense of what it should be. Which is why so many drivers don't really understand what's going on because they have not been taught from, they haven't been taught properly since they started. Yeah. So the training schools are often, they often have the same kind of course material mm-hmm. and testing. And so, and so many carriers have told us that they have to have finishing schools because what the, the uh, training schools are giving them isn't up to snuff. And so they have to do all this retraining, but then they hop from company to company and they don't seem to know. Well, why don't they know? They don't not know because they're inherently stupid or anything like that. Nobody has taught them properly. Yeah. And one of the things that we pride ourselves on is teaching people properly, mm-hmm. like and actually explaining something rather than just citing regulations. And uh, which is my absolute worst favorite thing to do. <laughs> worst but, favorite. You know what? Worst favorite. Yeah. I've just coined that now. It's worst favorite. It also reminds me of the fact that our son, who is 16, has to get his driver's license and he's patently uh, avoiding it at all costs for some reason. He's the only 16-year-old boy on the face of the planet who does not want to get behind a couple thousand pound vehicle and and drive it really fast. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing. It's multiple choice questions, like to get your learners. It's multiple choice questions. And and so we're going through all these practice questions, and I'm giving him the hints of, okay, if it's this kind of a question, the answer is probably this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know the answers most of the time, but it's it's, again, you can figure it out. Yeah, some of those practice tests fall into the trap of having the longest answer be the one that's correct. Yeah. And like some really obvious ones. Um, so yeah, it shouldn't be that difficult to pass that. So we'll see. We'll take him over to the uh, testing center, which happens to be just a couple blocks from our house. We'll take him over to the testing center, see how he does. And, uh, maybe we'll have a, uh, a new driving student. <laughs> <laughs> he will immediately go and take young drivers or something. Yeah. We'll He's not getting there. taught by us. Yeah. Yeah, so as much as we pride ourselves on providing good quality education for truck drivers, we are not teaching our son to drive. Well, don't you know what? We don't do the actual driving part of the training. We're not doing new entrant for for truck drivers either. Yeah, but I also, you know, I can help him with the theory. Yep. The theory is not a problem. That's what I do. We can give him a defensive driving course, but the practical side of it, somebody else needs to do. Yeah, the practical side, yeah. Well, we've found that with our children, somebody else always needs to teach them yeah, the practical things. They don't want to hear it from us. Yeah, we're not all that. We're not all that bright, according to our children. So no piano can be taught in this house unless yeah. it's by an outside force. Yeah, I couldn't teach my daughter piano. She didn't want to hear it from me. No, 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 no. Oh, well, that's how it goes. So anything else happening in your world? <laughs> no, there's. I'm looking at test questions. 
Well, I am starting to do... In French and English. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to do one of the things that we have to do every year because uh, July is our year end. And one of the things that we have to do as part of that review is a security analysis. It is part of the requirements for having a, a PCI compliance. It's uh, like the equivalent of, of cleaning out your linen cupboard. Yeah, I think it's sort of like an annual audit, which is, well, basically what it is. You get to a certain size and they'll actually send a, uh, an auditor in, uh, but we're just underneath that. So we don't have to have an actual audit. Uh, so we self-assess, but part of that is, um, part of that is we do have to do a review and sort of just make sure that all of that stuff is on track, um, which I usually do twice a year anyway. Um, but I'm sort of or any time the the self-assessment tool tells you that something isn't uh, passing. Yeah, well, there's some things that sometimes it, they it gets, update it, and and it gets false positives sometimes, or I guess false negatives in this case, where it thinks that there is an exposure because of a particular version, but even though you've already patched that version, uh, it doesn't know that. So you just have to go in and tell it that it's uh, it's been patched, so that you're uh, not exposed, but. This is, of course, something that we take pretty seriously mm-hmm. because we have all of the not just credit card information, but now uh, email addresses are getting to be considered private and highly secure information as well because so many people use them for different accounts and things. So we have that. We have a lot of personal information stored in our system, whether it's uh, driver's license numbers, home addresses, um, things like that but through different programs. So we've got to take that very seriously. And it's something that I am horribly paranoid about as well. Um, so I'm always looking to see uh, what's out there, what the new threats are, and you know what's going on with different things. So most recently, the threats have been all of these uh, ransomware uh, attacks. Oh, yeah. Which... You know, that's more of an issue on your office computers and things, uh, not as much of an issue at, at the server side, uh, unless it, it, you know, somehow gets transmitted through the servers. But that's not as much of a concern for us just because of the way we do things and uh, the distributed nature of our network. It's less of an issue for us. We, I'm getting some interesting spam. I don't know if you're getting it where it's uh, telling me that I've got spam from some other some other account that hmm. I don't have. Hmm. And then I, and it's listing the spam messages oh, and it's yeah. telling me to go log in and, and deal with it. And I'm oh, like, very, yeah, very yeah. And it looks like an actual, it looks like an actual company. Hmm. It doesn't, I, I think that they're pointing to an actual company and trying to get the login information for that particular company. And I can't remember what the name is now, but it's, uh, I've been getting it pretty regularly for the last week. Every day I'm getting this, these messages Um, and they're going to different, I have email forwarded from other accounts, Hmm. but it's coming from these other accounts. So So that's where you notice it is you get the exact same message from different places. So you have like four copies of the same message. Yeah. Before I canceled my Yahoo account. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Which I got rid of pretty quickly after how many times did they get? Two or three times. They had major breaches. Do they even have, like, is that even a going thing anymore? Does people even use Yahoo anymore? I don't know. Not me. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so I canceled that or I got rid of that. Um, But I have like Hotmail and Gmail addresses that I use for various things. And that's, those are the those are the things I'm getting forwarded. Oh, yeah. And man, the garbage yeah. that is just being plummeted onto. If you have a Gmail or Hotmail address. Yeah. Oh. Well, Gmail actually had some um, some vulnerabilities in it that was um, causing, like hackers discovered some vulnerabilities. And as a result, they were um, targeting Gmail accounts. Um, I think this was about six months ago because of this particular thing. So um, Google has fixed that, but I can see that you would, uh, you know, it would get a lot of it through Gmail. So I, I find it interesting that like there's so much, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm fascinated that phishing attempts like that still work because when you click through, all the browsers now have made a big deal about showing you very clearly what domain you're actually going to and checking if it's legitimate. And now like proper sites have not just security, but they have the, 
uh, the security that gives the little green check mm-hmm. mark in the bar. The- yeah, it tells you in the address bar whether something's secure and not secure, and it gives you the big warning and all of that stuff. Yeah, and pretty much all proper sites are paying for that extra validation that gives them the green address bar. Um, and so people are still clicking things and going. I don't know. Maybe they're using old versions of browsers or something that don't do that. But well, I think that they are. I mean, we know that a couple of uh, customers... Like non-trucking True. customers are using old still using IE. IE8, yeah, and that was like the big upgrade was to IE8, and what is it now? Yeah, well, it's not even a number anymore. Well, IE8 got end of life; so they stopped supporting it over a year ago. So, you know, there's. Oh, uh, I wonder what they're doing, <laughs> but there's they were still using it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. how many? Like, even though everything was locked down, how many vulnerabilities do they have yeah. just because they're trying to lock down all of their all of their back office machines, and but at the same time, they're, it's such a risk. Well, I was just reading an article. Um, Fortune has got a big report on it in a recent issue. I think it's from the beginning of July, and I'm just reading through that one now, all about hackers and sort of the state of hacking and data security. And something that I hadn't realized but makes perfect sense is that it used to be that the hacker was like an individual, be like a lone wolf. And usually it's like a, you know, kind of a team that's, boy and- that's trying to be cool or something like that. And then it was small groups and then it was kind of state sponsored things. So you'd have like a hacking group from China or North Korea or Russia. Uh, but now they are sort of commoditizing this um service the same way every other internet service is so that if you're a small group of criminals and you don't have the tools to build a complete hacking toolkit you don't have to hacking is a service hacking is a service actually ransomware as a service so uh, several of the recent uh, big ransomware attacks were not uh, or the belief is that it wasn't um, a large organization doing it it was kind of outsourced so if you're a little uh, criminal moly. group, you can outsource your ransomware uh, attacks to somebody and then they just take a piece of whatever you collect. You know, because the, the more elaborate ransomware ones, they have not only uh, do they have the demands that you pay them in Bitcoin and things like that, but they have support hotlines and things like that that are functional phone numbers that you can call to pay and unlock it and things like that. So it's become like this whole... Um, business ecosystem Mm -hmm. uh, yeah of just hacking people and um, you know getting ransomware and it's been it's fruitful for them because there's a lot of people that don't um, that don't say anything they just pay it and hopes that hope that it goes away they don't want to talk about it but it's a it's a huge issue and the retail people I think uh, seem to be in worse shape with a lot of that um, or where there's a lot of connected PCs in a particular and closed older, environment. And older systems too. Yeah. So, well, this is where I see potential risk in the transport world because a lot of them are older PCs. They're not the latest and greatest. Um, a lot it's of times the IT, the, uh, the IT people are outsourced or part-timers or it's one IT guy who's doing desktops and servers and is responsible for the website. So, it's tricky. So um, by all means, make sure you've got all your latest upgrades and all your latest security patches. Uh, and please don't click on anything that doesn't look legit. <laughs> anything that seems even remotely suspicious, do not open it if you're on a Windows machine. You know, we run mostly Macs here, so we don't have a lot of those issues, mostly because people haven't bothered writing viruses and things like that for Macs to the same degree. Uh, but we still have to be careful. I mean, there well, are still... still- you, still you can still get it. Yeah, there's still the things out there. So we spend time talking to everybody, making sure they understand. Don't click on the links. And, you know, if it if it seems suspicious, it probably is. Um, and we do a, a lot of stuff through other systems besides email. That's the other thing. So we've got our Kanban tool that we use for all of our project management. We've got Skype. Uh, we've got box. box for file server and things like that. So we're not doing all of that stuff through email like we might have, you know, 10 years ago or in another environment. But it's it's really becoming big business. So uh, I was already paranoid about this. <laughs> this is not helping. 
but uh, it's it, it's good to stay on top of it for sure. There's always new threats and always new things that you have to be watching for. So, you know, we've got a pretty tight process for code management and encryption and all of that stuff. Oh, and password changes. Password changes for different things. Um, you know, and I think, you know, right now there's only two people that know um, the security code to decrypt all of our uh, credit card information and things like that. So uh, we're in pretty good shape there, but I still keep thinking of other ways to make it more secure because uh, I would never, ever want to be like a Home Depot or a Target or uh, one of these other people that got hacked or like Yahoo that got, you know, got breached and half a million accounts got stolen. Uh, that would just be the worst. So I'm always paranoid about that. Well, and part of the part of our security is the fact that we have a much larger um, uh, organization hosting our all our servers. Yeah, we we also yeah we're not trying to do everything ourselves. So we have a data center who uh, main maintains that, and they uh, monitor different things. So between our own internal efforts. Uh, our own internal vigilance, our um, development uh, process, and the way we've built certain things, and that outside company monitoring it, I I feel pretty secure. But still, I'm always always watching. And oh always yeah. Well, it's it's weird because I think you know, 15 years ago, data security around training. <laughs> I was like what? But yeah. I don't think we need that much security. It's training. Who it's cares? training. Yeah. yeah. Like who really cares? Well, an but email addresses. Nobody cared. It used to be. And you remember this, um, a service that no longer exists was finger in the early days of the internet where oh, you could yeah. go to a domain and basically get, get a, a list. list of all of the addresses. Uh, so yeah. I could go to, you know, abc.com and the finger service would provide me a list of email accounts in that server. And I could email them, you know, or you could uh, tell Net or something directly to the server and send mail directly to them. Uh, well, now, like people would not ever imagine having such craziness. No. You know, here's a list of things. What happened to that? Spam. <laughs> I think spam occurred, yeah. and then people are like, "Oh my God, why were why are we allowing this? Yeah. We're getting 200 spam messages a day. Yeah. So now your email account is like gold." Yeah, and well, and junk mail, like the whole sorting through that, yeah, is uh, has become a pain. I'm has actually finding it shrinking. Like uh, I'm not getting as much spam as I used to now. Oh no, I get, I get hundreds of stuff. Yeah, uh, you're going through the same kind of cycle that I went through a few years ago because you're out there publicly now. Oh, and your your name is on different articles, and your your email address is out there more because of that. So you're starting to get all of the spam, but it will sort of taper off. I hope so. At some point. But uh, yeah, I find it. Because uh, getting legitimate email caught in a spam yeah. filter is annoying because it's like needle in the hay haystack. You have to go through all this junk and go, oh, I know that name. Okay, he shouldn't be junk. Yeah. yeah. And is it legitimate mail from them or is it? Have they been the victim yeah, of that, exactly. uh, an attack and they're sending you garbage as a result? Oh, I have people, I have garbage mail from people who I haven't spoken to for 10 years. Yeah, I have those like, as well. And it's like, oh, you. Oh, <laughs> that's not you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it is getting to be a big issue that needs to be monitored all the time. But uh, I think we're on top of it and we'll keep being on top of it. And that's part of what I do every summer is just think of ways that people might be trying to uh, hack in and make sure that we've got all of those uh, all of those doors closed and locked basically. Mm -hmm. So, and with that lovely thought, I think we are wrapping up. Change your passwords. Change your passwords regularly. <laughs> Don't click on crazy things. So, even if it looks really enticing. Unless it's from one of us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, if if my email address is being used for spam, I would like to know. True. Although I don't know if I could stop it. Like yeah. once it's out there. Yeah. You have to change your address or something. Anyway, that's enough. All right. Well, that's even I did, more positive I thought to end on. So thank you for listening and have a great day. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.